all right so welcome back welcome back everybody thank you for joining me once again this is black girl coffee shop where we said coffee and not tea i am your host missy lewis and i hope everyone is doing okay i know that i have been away for a while but i'm still delivering on what i promised which was 15 episodes for season seven and we are on episode 12. um my work schedule is a mother so it's like working overnight sucks and then like when i wake up i text people i'm like oh good morning and then it's like bro it's like everybody texts me back and be like good afternoon because i'll be waking up in the afternoon but i try not to wake up in the afternoon i try to wake up like 10 even though i get home at like even though i lay down about 4 30. so yeah um if you haven't already go ahead and follow me on instagram at black girl coffee shop podcast or you can follow me on my other page which is poetry and black coffee um you ever wanted something to like you wanted have you ever wanted something to hurry up and be done but you know that you can't rush the flow like you can't rush it but it's like damn because everything so my like i said my writing it's like once i started to compile and get all my stuff together because i I have a habit of like so i don't i don't type type my writing up so i i I type some of it up but i hand write things especially since the way i um my work schedule is i have some time so i'll hand write so i have multiple books that i hand write i'd like to hand write even like when i'm taking my college classes and stuff like that and i have to do like an essay or something i will write it with pen first i write it pen to paper and then i type it up I've been doing this since I was in fourth grade. I don't know why, but so I have all these books that I've bought, like with different sayings on them and stuff like that. And I have like work spread out all over the place. So now that I'm working on compiling it and getting it typed up and, you know, getting um, everything in order so that I can shop it for, you know, but yeah. And I told I tell people that they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm writing. And it's like, why don't you do with a computer? I've been doing this thing because the authenticity that comes from your hands, from the pen into the paper, when you type, people always hit that back, that backspace. So when I write and I didn't know that I, that's what I was doing until I went to therapy and they told us that we should do it like this, because when you write, you naturally it comes out and it's hard to retract what you just wrote. It's easy to hit that delete back backspace, like, you know what I'm saying, and delete it. But when it comes from your hand, it's like, damn, I didn't even know I felt that way. And it comes out, like, naturally, and it's real and raw, especially with this last piece I wrote. But I can't wait till it comes out. And the thing about it is, this piece of work that I'm putting out is so revealing. Like, I'm like, do I want my mama and my daddy to read this? But... I'm grown and this is the truth. And this is my truth, okay? But um yeah. Uh what else did I want to touch on before we get into the whole gist of things? Um I think that was it. Okay, so I'm gonna tell y'all about what I did. It was it was crazy because it was very impromptu. It was very impromptu and it was like something I just put together. So my last the last episode I was talking about how 
I was putting together that women's retreat, but I didn't feel like, first of all, I wasn't nowhere near ready to put together a whole women's retreat and be the host and entertain and do all this healing and all that. No. So everything happens for a reason. So I just had this idea when I was on my way to um, duty and I was like, I should do a women's brunch. And I was thinking to myself, like, how many people do I know? So I know different people from different places, like different um, other black women from, okay, I know her from when I used to do this. And I know her from this detail. And I know her from that battalion I was in. So what I was like, I know all these different black women. Why don't I bring them all together and have a brunch? And that's what I did. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was freaking amazing. And I got to be the host. And I got to be the facilitator. And I got to learn. And I got to share. And it was everything that I wanted the retreat to be. But it was just a brunch. It was like two and a half hours, which wasn't enough time. And so um, I, we, I bought... So I got, I got the food, um, ordered, I ordered the food, it was delivered, like we did like a catering style and then in my um, apartment complex they have this like, um, entertainment area that's very, it's decorated beautifully. So we did it in there, um, we ate and we had mimosas and it was just beautiful and everybody came with good intentions and good spirits and some of them, like two of them knew each other. Then the other two knew each other, but they didn't know, like, all, all, everybody didn't know everybody. But we got to know each other. All of us are military, and we didn't, there was no ranks used. I got name tags. People put their first name. We talked to people by their first name. Um, it wasn't a lot of us. I think there was, like, six of us, and that's including myself. Um, it was just, it was really beautiful. And everybody was like, I enjoyed this. I enjoyed this. And it was really like a safe place where we just talked and had conversation and we enjoyed each other's company. And there's so many times where you'll be at the mall or you'll be at work or you'll be somewhere and you interact or you come in contact with another woman, another black woman, and it's hostile. And honestly, I hate it. I hate it. I hate that. I really do. And so this, this brunch, this women's brunch that I put together... I put together, what, when did I put, it was, it was last month, I can't remember what day, it was a Saturday, I was tired, I got off work at like 4 o'clock in the morning, and then I planned the brunch for 9.30, <laughs> but yeah, so then um, we had the brunch, and just beautiful, and what we were able to, I was able to facilitate, and we actually did some journal work, we did some, some like healing work, and I gave, I asked them questions, and we talked I think I have the question. Where's the book at? Give me a second. I know this is ghetto, but I just want to go over some of the questions that we ask that people don't really think about. Here we go. Or the questions that I asked, and people really enjoy, people enjoyed it. Like we we really had a good time. Okay, so one of the questions. Like I said, everybody didn't know each other. So one of the questions I asked was the intro, where are you from? Um, state your first name. And then it says no rank. It says name one hobby that you enjoy. And it was hard for people to name their hobbies because, and I started doing this with the soldiers too. We got to think about what are we doing to entertain ourselves that has nothing to do with another person, which taking care of something or our job. 
what do we enjoy as a person? You know what I mean? And how do we release? How do we be? How do we? How are we tapping into our creative sides? How are we tapping into? You know what I'm saying? What what we like? And it was difficult. Some of them couldn't answer the question. Some of them had to wait and like. I don't know because we don't do the, we don't stay in tune with ourselves. The next question was, um, how are you feeling at this moment? And then it says, you can't use, how are you feeling at this moment? So at the, I asked this question while we were sitting there and things that they couldn't say, okay, good, great, bad, can't be used. So you had to really give a descriptive word of how you feel. Some of them said they were anxious because of the fact that um, not everybody knew each other. I was a little anxious myself because I was like, I never really, only like two of them I've hung out with outside of work. And then I was like, what if this is not good? What if they don't like each other? It was a whole bunch of, you know, but I was like, you know, it should be good. And then another question was what word, what, use one word to describe yourself. People swear, <laughs> everybody was like, yo, why are you asking these questions? Because it's really just taking inventory of yourself and oftentimes and some of them some uh a few of them are mothers um some of us are dog moms our dog parents myself and then you know we go we're all in the military so we this is just you thinking about you and it's really weird to think about the fact that you don't think about stuff like that about yourself it's about it's about kids it's about dogs it's about work it's about all that and it says um, the next one was, what is your dream occupation? And money is not a factor. And people gave theirs, and it was just beautiful. Um, and uh, the next one was, name one of your best traits. And then name one of the traits that you like, that you hide. So, my best trait, which was one of that um, one of the... The females pointed out is that I have the ability to see things from different sides. She was like, you always want to see things from other people's point of view, even when they do bad things. I don't know. I'm a Libra. I have to weigh all the options. And then one of the things that you like to hide, I, I say uh, procrastination. Oh, my gosh, I'm a procrastinator. I procrastinate. Like, I don't even know. Like, it. yeah, but yeah. So everybody gave their thing. Everybody was like, you know, telling. And then the next question was... Uh, when was the last time you cried? And then we got to know each other. So it's like people telling about their grandmothers and stuff like that. And then the next question was, what is your definition of self-love? Everybody gave their definition. Some people didn't, couldn't come up with the, um, the definition. It was just, we were really just asking simple questions, getting to know ourselves and each other and seeing like, oh damn, I'm not the only one that feels that way. Because oftentimes as black women, we go into this thing where, I got to hustle. Ain't nobody going to bring me down. All these females is the enemy. Because, you know, you do experience some some foul females. All these females are the enemy. I got to get it. Nobody understands me. And we had a lot in common. Um, the next one was, we got a little bit deeper. It was describe a traumatic event in your childhood that changed your vision on something. So people, and I told them, I was like, I don't think that any trauma level is more significant than others. But if you want to keep it light, you can. And people told about certain traumas and it was very informative and people, it was great. Okay. 
And then the next question was describe an event in the last 72 hours to a week where you got angry. And what do you think the true meaning was behind that anger? What did you really feel? And that was a good, and the thing about it is even though they're simple questions, well, not the last two, but most of them are simple questions. It took our conversation. It carried our conversation into something meaningful because what I don't want to happen, what I didn't want to happen is for us to sit around and talk about, uh, Michael B. Jordan and Lori Harvey or the Kardashians or Wendy Williams. Like, I don't want to sit around and have meaningless conversation because that's what happens. And I, I talked about this in the codependency. You have to get to know people. People were automatically, people were so busy trying to fill these voids. Oh, I want friends. Oh, I want a boyfriend. I want a husband. We don't take the time to get to know them. Sometimes in your codependency, you're trying to nurse them back to health. They're trying to nurse you back to health. So did you guys really get to know each other in a, in a healthy place? Were you guys both healthy at the same time to really get to know each other? Because if your relationship is based on one being sick and one being healthy, you don't have a relationship. You don't have a friendship. Um, you don't really get to know somebody. You know what I'm saying? And it's crazy because people will think that they had these friendships for years and really not know the depths, the depths of them, of the person or relationships. So that's why I ask these simple questions to really get to know each other. Like there was a girl, when I, like Sheena, she was there and she, I didn't want to be like, oh yeah, no, she has kids and, um, she, you know, she drives infinity or, um, I know she likes tacos. So I feel like when you don't ask the questions, you don't ask the questions, you never get the answer to really figure out if you want to become friends with this person, to really figure out if you want to be in a relationship with this person. We're so busy trying to make ourselves feel validated by saying, oh, I have friends or I have a boyfriend or I have a girlfriend. We end up crashing a car. We crash it, wreck it, we end up in a car crash, emotional car crash, because we're not doing the actual work to get to know people. And to say, oh, she's cool, or we have this in common. Because sometimes we'll be friends with people, or we'll be in relationships, and be, pain, be hurting, like we'll be hurting inside, we'll be hurting internally. But we don't ever discuss it with our friends. We just be continue to hurt because we're like, nobody understands me. I got to be tough. I got to be rough. I got to, you know what I'm saying? The, the ability for black women to be with each other and to be in each other's company. This right here was beautiful. To be in each other's company and be vulnerable. And this year, this year has been the best year for me in vulnerability because in vulnerability, there is power. I used to think that vulnerability was weakness. I really did. Let me get some of this drinking water, ice water. So, I just, I, I was so amazed. And I, I think I ha it had to be the Holy Spirit because I was sitting, I was sitting on the bus because I was headed to duty. And something was like, won't you do a women's brunch? And I was like, uh, who do I know? And then I realized I had met different people in different places, like I said. And 
and, and, and another thing. So I had a, one of my, she's an acquaintance or whatever. We actually have the same last name. She, she went MIA for like, probably like two months. She went MIA, but, and then I invited her because she popped back up. Because we have a group, me and her and another female have a group chat where we talk and send memes and send videos and stuff. So, um, she popped back up and, um, it was like nothing ever happened because I just, to me, if it would have been me back in the day, I would have felt some type of way like, oh, where you being? But to me, it was like nothing ever happened. Like, okay, she's back. Because me and her have had conversations before about stress and, you know, all types of things. But when we was like, how did you, when I asked the question, how did everybody feel about coming here? She was like, I felt anxious because I hadn't seen you in a long time. And I thought you was going to feel some type of way. And I didn't feel no type of way. We hugged like, and I, you know, I don't even hug people. Like I'm not used to hugging people, but I was like, I was happy to see her. Um, but yeah, it was the most beautiful thing that women's brunch and yeah. And I spent, I spent a good amount of money on it. You know, people did bring other things, but I spent a good amount of money on it. But it was so nice. And I think I haven't, especially we're in this, this we're still in this panoramic. Um, people need connections. We need connections to people. We have, I feel like we have gotten so, because we have the social distance, that we've gotten distant from every, everything and everyone. So we might be going through something that nobody knows because we were just distant. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, us as Americans anyway, it's not that warm. We're not that warm anyway, unless you live in the South. So so I thought that was great. And everybody was like, oh my gosh, thanks for inviting me. Like, it was just like a breath, it was just, what do you call it? A breath of fresh air? Yeah. <laughs> and it was just nice. Like, everything was set up nice and we had mimosas. It was just, even though I was half asleep and my outfit didn't turn out the way I wanted it to because I just was like, um, <laughs> I had the food being delivered. I was waking up at the same time. Food was being delivered and another female, she was able to come and set up everything while I was getting dressed. It was, you know, it started off a little, you know, I just wanted to be a good hostess, but you know, it was good. Um... So I am planning, we are having another event, which is a women's, women's wine tasting and it's cocktail attire. And I'm so excited to get dressed up and I'm so excited to see everybody else dressed up. And we're going to do a couple, I want to do, I either want to do, there's two different things that I want to do because I want to make sure that when we do come together, we are doing like actual work, um, like we did with these questions, but there's like the I call it the burn it or bury the burn it and bury it ceremony that I want to do and uh, or or I would like to it's another one that I want to do burn it or bury it ceremony I had another idea I can't remember damn I cannot remember but yeah, burn it or bury it, and then something else, just so we can, you know, really get to know each other. And I get, I passed out journals to everybody, so people had to answer the question in the journal. Yes, and they had pins, and I got these little pins. Everything was about, you know, I got Dollar Tree and stuff like that. But it was like, it was everything. It was everything. And it's crazy because 
one of the things that a person that people need like we need food water um you know all that jazz but you need social interaction you know what i'm saying you need social interaction and we, we have a lot of things we have a lot of times where black women and women in general will say oh i don't mess with females females are messy but this type of work here helps you get to the root and i feel like people would be less messy when they are in a place where they can be vulnerable. I feel like messiness and conniving and all that type of stuff is um, to cover up things. Loud, obnoxious, ghetto, whatever you want to call it. I don't want to say ghetto. But what people are putting on because they can't be vulnerable, because they can't get in touch with them, their real self. Because, you know, as black women, we have to put on. We have to... I don't say we have to put on, but it's very difficult in some places in time. But yeah, my women's brunch. Ah, I'm so excited. And then we're doing the wine tasting. So I'm doing a wine tasting. Okay, so yeah, the wine tasting. So I have to get them, get everything set up. And, you know, we're going to do the whole thing and the pairing of the wine with the food. And I've done this before, but it was very, on. it was on, it was like me and two other people. But, you know, there'll be more people there. And so... We're gonna do that and everybody be dressed up and i'm excited to get dressed up because i haven't been dressed up in a long time but yeah women's brunch women we're doing a women's cocktail hour wine tasting type deal and hopefully we'll just take it from there and now i just feel like everybody enjoyed it um but yeah And, and it's crazy because codependency, like, I'm just going to go back to that real quick because that was my last episode, which was codependency and trauma bonding. Trauma bonding, trauma bonding or codependency. I can't remember which order I put it in, but basically that was the last episode I did. Um, It is something that I have, to, like, when you really understand yourself and you really start to, like, get yourself together and look, look on the out, like, look, take a step back and look at yourself and you know your triggers and stuff like that, you have to be cognizant of the things that you do. And you have to be cognizant of your code, whatever you have, codependency, anger issues, um, self-pity, whatever you, whatever your triggers that you're dealing with, with that gets you in a stuck place. You have to be aware. You dig? And in order for me to combat my codependency, because I have this need to be needed, I... I give at the same level that the other person gives to me. And people might think that that's crazy, but if I overgive, it's going to put me in a place of codependency. It's going to put me in a place of trying to be the martyr and be like, oh, look what I did for them, but they didn't do it for me. No. I can only give what you gave. And I have to keep it that way. I do. Um... And with with this type of um, this type of questions and this type of uh, thing, the, so we, when we talk about it, some people had experienced certain things, and we talked about trauma. But you're less likely to trauma bond because there's the the questions are all over the place. The questions aren't just about trauma; their questions are about you, like what occupation would you have? You know, people laughed and we, we talked about that. So we got to the trauma part later 
but if the if the workshop or whatever we did was all about trauma people would have started to create trauma bonds you have to be cognizant of trauma bonds too it's like and really establishing real friendships and real relationships and i think the trauma bonding and stuff is so it's much more um critical when you're in a romantic relationship because that's why a lot of people when you're when they're both drug users it's hard for them to get clean because they're reliant on the other person to be you know what i mean to be right there with them trauma bonding but pretty much all I had and I definitely I was waiting to share this the, the women's brunch because it's just like and then people are like oh you should call it the woman empowerment I just don't like that term because when I went on YouTube and I seen a lot of women empowerment it, some of it was authentic but I feel like sometimes people do this whole woman empowerment but it's not authentic and I don't really want to do women empowerment I want to do because I feel like the power is in healing you have to heal this stuff when you and I'm not knocking nobody who does women empowerment movements and stuff but women empowerment is like I feel like you're putting another layer of makeup on you put another mask on because when you properly heal yourself and you probably look at the shit that you got going on that you've been doing that you've been allowing you will be empowered so whatever my brunches or this thing that I really enjoy like I really enjoyed this and it's crazy because if you would have told me last November last December that I would be in this place I would have told you you was a lie I was angry I was mad I was broken I was bruised battered like I don't even say I was broken but I was bruised and battered emotionally I was My emotional intelligence was, no, I just, ooh, I want to thank the Lord. Thank the Lord that I'm in a better place. Ooh, thank the Lord. Because that, that was rough. And life is rough and things happen. And yeah, I'm grateful. Um... Oh, yeah. I, let me get to this. Okay, so everything ain't always peaches and cream. I also want to tell y'all about what's going on. So, life is not always, like I said, rainbows and sunshine. So, most of y'all know I was diagnosed with PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. Um... So they're, I don't know how to say this, but I think, I think I told y'all. So they got me on a little drip. So I take a pill, right? So I take a pill just to, um, so basically, I guess I'll go back and explain it. So PTSD is not a, it's not necessarily a mental illness. It has mental illness types of effects. It's a brain injury that most likely will never go away. That's why you'll see a whole bunch of people from like Vietnam vets and you know, golf war that are still dealing with PTSD because it doesn't really go away. It changed your brain forever. Um, so with having PTSD, I've experienced some symptoms, which y'all know, mostly anxiety, anxiety, panic attacks, anxiety attacks, 
um, that I was having rapidly. This time last year, I was having them rapidly. Like, oh my gosh. Um, so I take medication or whatever. And when you first start taking the medication, um, so I take, I take Zoloft, right? I'm just gonna come out because I'm gonna be real with y'all. I'm gonna be all fake and be like, oh, I'm gonna keep that under. Nah. So I take Zoloft. And when I first started taking it last year sometime or whatever, um, it had a terrible side effects. Like, oh my gosh, my face broke out. And I'm not even talking about my face broke out just a little bit. No, my face broke out so bad. I was so glad we had to wear a mask because my face was looking terrible. I'm so, ooh. And y'all know I'm a Libra. We don't like to look crazy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? The Libras, Libras like uh, Kim Kardashian's a Libra. Um, Amber Rose is a Libra. I'm not trying to say I'm like them, but they, we're very, sometimes we're a little vain. Okay, so my face was broken the hell out. Um, what else happened? Stomach pains. Um, drought, it causes drowsiness. And this is just in the beginning. You have to get past all the side effects. And I was determined to get past the side effects because I was like, bro, like the therapy, I was going to therapy because you know I got the PTSD or whatever. So I'm going to therapy. But you have to, you got to put all of them together. You have to put a lot of it together. You have to, and um, but we'll get to that part. So I was like, you know, I'm determined to see if this is going to work. Because when, when somebody mentioned medicine before, I was like, hell no, I'm black. We don't do no medicine. I ain't crazy. Don't try to try me like that, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so um, the Lord basically told me to sit, sit the head down and get on this drip get on this get on this pill so I got this you know what I'm saying I keep saying drip like it's an IV but get on this drip and so I got it and I had those side effects <sighs> yeah so everything has been cool you know whatever situation may be in the beginning when you first start taking it this shit don't feel like it worked I'll be like I'm still having panic attacks every now and then so da 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 Finally, you start, you know, kicking in. It's cool. Basically, it just releases serotonin into the brain because the brain has been changed forever because it's a brain injury. So it releases a little bit of serotonin, which is almost like um, uh, endorphins. They make you feel good. It's 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 like one of those feel good um, things. I don't know how to say it, but yeah. So, yeah, so, you know, it gave me a little boost or whatever, but it was, it's not, a, one thing I had to learn is that it's not a cure-all, because I thought, okay, well, I got this boost and whatnot, because, you know, anxiety and depression is like a hamster wheel, because you'd be so anxious, but then you feel depressed, because I'm like, damn, I can't control myself. So, it started to, like, subside a little bit, you know, I started getting better, you know, every now and then I have a little, you know, little anxiety attack, flare-up, I can feel my, you know, certain things, my legs go numb, whatever the situation may be. So everything's cool, and I start looking at my bottle. Right, it was like two weeks ago. I start looking at my bottle. I was like, "Damn, my bottle looking low. Like I don't got a lot left." So I contacted the doctor. I'm like, "Um, la da da da." Um, contacted the doctor. He was like, "Oh, I put the script in, blah blah blah." So like I said, I've been working crazy hours. So I don't want to put all my business out there, but I was working like four third. So it was twelve hours, but we have to travel. So I'm gone for like 14 hours. When I come back, I'm asleep, but I still need my medication because I'd be ready to slap somebody sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Or my, my anxiety will get really high in the, in the most random times. And I was like, damn. So for these two weeks, I really, I'm actually proud of myself because I was able to control 
I was able to center myself. I don't want to say control, but I was able to center myself. And there was a couple times where I was like, yo, I'm, having a, I'm about to have a panic attack on this bus. I'm about to have a panic attack in the grocery store. And I was like, no, you're not. Relax. Calm down. So it, it proved to me a couple things that the medicine does work because when I stopped taking it, I felt some type of way. Not to mention, it, when you stop taking it, you have physical symptoms, which is like brain zaps, which I had this zap in my brain. Like literally what it, sound, what it, what it sounds like is what it is. What else happened? Random headaches. Because the headaches and the brain zap is two different things. What else? Um, in, like um, digestion problems. Um, I had spurts. Like I was, I had these moments where I was like, somebody would be walking too close to me, or somebody would be talking at something that didn't make no sense, or like I asked a certain answer and you couldn't just give me an answer. I'd be, I'd be thinking in my mind like, bro, shut the, shut up, like stop talking, like you're not even making any sense, like. <laughs> There was a time where a soldier was walking on the side of me and I was like, bro, why is he walking so close? Like I wanted to, I was like, I just want to be like, bro, back up, back up. You too close to me. But that was because I was going through withdrawals of the medication. And I felt like, like, you know, when Ray played, when Jamie Foxx played Ray in that movie, I was like, bro, I'm going through withdrawals. And I'm going to keep it real with you. I was going through withdrawals and... I'm looking around like, damn, I know I got another, you know what I'm saying? Like, I know I got another pill bottle around here. Like, I know I got some around here because um, with the withdrawals and also having PTSD, certain things trigger me. Some, some, it would trigger me to either have the panic attack or to have spurts of anger. Don't get me wrong. I don't release my anger. It's internal where I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, like, I'm going to explode. I don't ever actually act on it. Like, but I'm thinking like. Just certain things, somebody walking in front of me, somebody walking on the side of me, two people walking on the side of me. Like, I feel closed in. I want to, like, tell them to both get away from me, but I don't. But it's something inside, like, my mind is like, oh, my gosh, get away from me. Somebody standing too close to me. That would... <clears throat> yes. So, but I'm... I learned a couple things in this experience. I do... So once I ever do get off of... The medication it's rough <laughs> i learned that it's rough i'm gonna go through all these physical withdrawals secondly is i can do it though because i was able to maintain i was able to center myself talk to myself coach myself i'm okay you're okay it's gonna be okay um and realizing how much i relied on the medication and what the impact that it was giving me that I didn't know because it was making me, I was very, you know, I was gooch. I'm still me, things still irritated me, but it was like, okay, it gave me like a little bit of, okay, here's a serotonin come through, come through. <laughs> Cause sometimes the military is annoying and the people in the military is annoying. Um, But for anybody out there who is taking any type of anti-anxiety medication, know that if you stop suddenly, because that's basically what happened to me. I ran out suddenly and and people were like, oh, so when I did, like I said, I was on a crazy schedule. But when I did wake up and I did, I went to, there was a couple of times where I woke up early and went to the pharmacy, the military pharmacy. And they told, like, the lady was like, oh, 
it was on a Friday. And then the, like I said, my doctor told me, he's like, the medication, your script is in. You just got to go pick it up. So I went there and she was all like, you have to come back on Monday. You have to come back on Monday. Because we don't have it right now. I was like, I was like, oh, Lord, help me, please. Help me. I was like, Lord, help me. Give me. Like, Lord, give me a sign. Let me know some. You know what I'm saying? I was like, oh, my gosh. So I was like, you know what? I'm be good. Blah, blah, blah. I didn't go back in there until Tuesday because I didn't come back on Monday because I had I was I worked these weird hours. so I'd be asleep. And I got there Tuesday and she was like. So I, I also have like um, a hip injury. So I also the doctor also put me in for like some other medication for my hip. So she comes up with all these stuff. I'm thinking like this is how I know withdrawals is real. Like I don't I don't even know. And I was like, oh, my God, I was about to get my medication, bro. I'm about to get it. I felt like a kid in the candy store. I don't know if this is normal or not. Like, I need to do more research. Like, I'm being honest with y'all. I'm putting all the tea out there. I was like, oh, my gosh, about to get my medication. It's about to be owned. These people going to stop getting on my damn nerves. Like, I was feeling myself. I'm like, oh, yes. I'm looking through the glass. <laughs> She's getting my bag, putting the medications in there. I was like, okay, I'm ready. She's like, um, I'm sorry. They don't have your, um, the Zoloft. They don't have that. But the only thing I have is these to give you. It's like Tylenol. And I was like, I put my head down. And the man was standing behind her. And it was a specialist. And she was like, yeah, we don't have it. Like, it just came in. But we don't, like, we have to, like, you know. And I'm thinking to myself, crack the bottle open. Crack the box open. <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, open the box. Put the pills in the, in the, in the jar. And give it to me. Like, give me my medication. <laughs> like, and so, like, because it wasn't even the fact of, like, I was having PTSD symptoms. It was the withdrawal symptoms, bro. Like, and having headaches. I would have random headaches all the time for, like, two weeks. That sucked. And I take a med- I'm taking Tylenol, and I'm taking, not Tylenol, um, Aleve or whatever, taking stuff to combat the headaches. So, um, <laughs> it was funny because there was other people around, but at this point, I didn't really care. And I leaned into the, to the glass window and I was like, I said, I don't care about none of that right there. So I'm pointing at the other pill bottles. I was like, I don't care about none of that right there. I said, I'm going through withdrawals. I need my medication. And the dude behind her was like, I'll see what I can do. You know, like, I'm sorry and stuff like that. And she was like, they're looking at me like, is she for real? Looked at me like, I can't believe she just said that. And then I turned around and there's people behind me staring at me because I guess they heard me. But at this point, I didn't care. I had no shame. I don't care. So then <laughs> he's like, I'm going to see what I can do. Um, I got there probably, I don't even know what time I got there. I already spent like three hours waiting for them to give me Tylenol and not give me my medication. And um, yeah, I was like, you know what? Because I, I don't know if I should say this. But I was so upset because when you, like I said, when you also go through withdrawals, it causes spurts of anger. So I was like, no, I want to break the glass. Like, I want to go berserk in here. I want to, I want to just like start taking all the tickets out the machine. Like, I wanted to really act that out in the streets. But I was, I was like, you know what? Even though the guy said he was going to try to help me out, because if he comes back, if he says, I'm going to try to help you out. And he was to come back to me without medication. So I was like, you know what? Let me go. 
I got my car. I called my friend. I talked to him. And then I went and got me some frozen yogurt. <laughs> but so eventually, eventually, um, I go back. I think I went back on a Thursday because that was Tuesday. I went back Thursday. And the lady was trying to tell me. She was like, she was like, your medication's not. She tried to tell me my medication wasn't ready. I was like, okay. I was like, somebody got to call my first aunt. Somebody got to call my commander because somebody gonna call the news. I'm about to, I was about to pull a Kanye up there. Like this pharmacy doesn't like black people. <laughs> like, I was like, are you kidding me? But then she's like, oh no, I got it here. I'm sorry. And gave it to me. And I was like, oh my gosh. And crazy thing is I popped that damn bottle as soon as I got in the car. And it wasn't because I needed the serotonin. It was because of the damn withdrawals. And when you, when you, when I looked it up, when you go through, when you stop taking um, anti-anxieties like Zoloft or whatever you're taking, you have to slowly come off of it. You have to go down, you know, if you're taking 150, you got to go down to 125. You have to go down week by week. You can't just do that cold turkey. So that was another real moment for y'all. I just let, let y'all know because that is what happened. And I might be telling too much. I might be talking too much. But this is real life. Like, I'm a real, I'm a real ass black girl with real problems. You know what I'm saying? And, yes. But, but even with that, because even when I had my brunch, I didn't have my medication. And I think it just, I felt like I was the strength and actually learning, like, different techniques of centering yourself in certain situations whether you feel anxious or you feel angry or whatever sadness because it did when you stop taking it you also get a little spurts of sadness i'm laying in the bed feeling like oh my god i just don't know like i'm I'm in the bed chilling like i don't know i'm just like i'm defeated i feel defeated like i was like what (laughs) and then i had to think to myself no you don't you tripping now get up and it wasn't me trying to deny how I felt, but it was like, this is because I'm going through withdrawals. So, yeah. It was like, I'm sinking. I'm defeated. No, I'm not. But. Um, yeah. The ability to know that I can do it without the medication. I just, if I was ever going to do it, I would need to do it slower. Because that was crazy. I would have like, especially when I didn't have it, soldier come up to me and be like, X, Y, Z. And I'd be thinking to myself, if you don't get your stupid signal, I'll be like, everything is not, it's not, it's just the withdrawals, man. It's not the actual soldier that got, you know what I'm saying? Like, it just be like, what are you talking about? I used to be on edge, but I would hold it in. I didn't show it. I was very good. Yes. Um, but I think that is the end. And it's crazy because I just want to tell this quick story. So I'm working in a certain duty, right? And it's a lot of LTs. So, um, you're supposed to have an OIC and an NCIC. So I was the NCIC and I never had an OIC. So then I had to report to these other, um, officers. Um, and... The NCIC is the non-commissioned officer in charge. And then the OIC is 
the officer in charge. So then, and you guys pretty much run the little little duty mission together or whatever. So I'd never had one. It was like a month and I never had an OIC. And I'm thinking to myself, well, I'm doing a job of an OIC and I'm definitely not getting paid as one. So I'm giving, you know, doing reports and doing all types of stuff for um, this position and talking to the officers and doing all this other type of stuff. And then I'm taking care of business. And then all of a sudden I get a phone call from one of the officers in my unit and was like, oh, um, they feel like you um, don't be giving enough information. And, da, 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 da. and I'm thinking to myself, I am doing a job of two people. I got these soldiers and y'all want me to deliver. And that's what I'm doing. I felt like they was upset because of my rank and their rank. And I was running circles around them. And that's how I feel. Because, and if you felt like I wasn't delivering on some level or something happened, why didn't you speak directly to me? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was just really weird. You went around the corner to go tell somebody else when you could have just talked directly to me when I see you almost every other day. That's crazy to me. But to me, I just felt like it had nothing to do with anything of, oh, she's not delivering because them officers have to write up reports. And that's what they that's what they do, write up a whole bunch of reports. And I'm like, they was like, oh, you're not giving enough detail. I've been walking around all day um, making sure soldiers are doing what they're supposed to be doing and doing all this operations and all this other type of stuff. And you want me to think about what happened. And the shift is 12 hours. So you want me to think about what happened uh, six hours ago and I got somebody, another soldier in my face with a with this person and that person and you're like, oh, you didn't give enough detail. Well, let me tell you, the sky was blue, then it turned to black. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like get, out of my, get out of my face. So ever since then, when they be like, oh, we don't have an OIC, y'all better find one because I'm not covering down. I'm not going to be no OIC because you make more money than I do and y'all got a problem with how I'm doing stuff. So, and I'm, I'm the type of person, I can take critique, but give me the critique. Don't go off and tell somebody else about something that you didn't tell me. That don't make no sense. But you know, most officers are like 23 and they have no leadership abilities. I'm sorry. Oops. No one say abilities. They have no leadership skills, which is not their fault because NCO, as NCOs, we've been doing this for a long time and we had to do a lot of trial and error. And yeah. And most of the officers like 23 years old. They got a degree in art or whatever. No shade, no shade, no shade. No shade. But yeah. Still on the fence on whether or not I am what I'm about to do as far as my career choices, but that is between me and the Lord and uh, the physicians. But I think I'm going to go ahead and close it out here. I think we had a good episode. Um, this will be out shortly. I just want to make sure that I edited and all that good stuff. Um, sorry if you heard my dog in the background. He's upset because I cut all his hair off today. And I did. I had the groomers cut him low, which I shouldn't have because he's like a Yorkie mixed with Maltese. And I was like, why did I do that? But it's going to grow back. He's going to be fine. Um, yeah, but I appreciate everybody for listening, even though I'm inconsistent and stuff like that. And, you know, I understand because there was some, there's podcasters that I listened to. And then like, once everything opened up and the, the panoramic, 
I won't say the pandemic's over, but once everything kind of opened up again, people stopped making their podcasts. People stopped giving up episodes. There's a couple of them that I enjoyed, tuned into, and it's like, oh, we're on pause. But you've been on pause since April. You've been MIA since April. So I put myself in other people's shoes. Like, I'm upset. I'm invested. I was invested in this in one of these podcasts, in this this particular podcast, and then they don't make any more talking about we're paused. Okay, whatever. 